everyone. Welcome to Grades Don't Matter, a show about how group work, sacrifice, and case studies showed us that asking better questions matters in business and in life. I'm your host, Emily Hollowell, and today we're very excited to have Louis Monaco as our guest today. He is a senior product development engineer at Wright Medical and also a graduate of the class of 2017, um, the executive MBA class at BYU from just last year in 2017. Lewis, so great to talk to you. Emily, it's great to talk to you as well. Thank you for including me in this podcast. Um, and I look forward to, uh, to discussing my experiences and answering your questions. Okay, well, so first of all, we just wanna do a little bit of background, talk a little bit about what you're doing now. Um, so tell me, so from what I, did a little research on you. Um, you did your undergrad at the University of Utah studying mechanical engineering. Um, how did you get into mechanical engineering? That's an excellent question. So I um, was raised in Nevada. Um, when I was 16 years old, I moved out to Utah and I moved in with um, some of my uh an aunt and an uncle and some cousins. Um, my mom is originally from Utah, and so um, she has a lot of brothers and sisters out here. Um, four brothers, three sisters, so a big family. And uh, my uncle had a rental shop. So um, in the summers, all the cousins always worked at the rental shop. And when we worked there, we learned how to operate heavy machinery, fix small engines, do stuff like that. So um, when I was in high school, that's when I really got interested in learning how things work and fixing things. And that's ultimately what kind of led to me, um, wanting to become an engineer. I wanted to know how stuff worked and how to fix it and how to put it back together. Wow. That's really fascinating. I love that, that it's something that you had an interest in well before you went to college. Yeah. Yeah. So I always wanted to. I, and I've, I've always asked a lot of questions. I've always liked to know how things work. So I, I do want to say that um, in high school, um, I was really into sports. And I, I never, I don't want to say I didn't have to try hard, but I never applied myself. So I always did like the bare minimum, you know, like to get the three, two, like just a little bit better than a B. So one of the reasons I wanted to do engineering as well as I wanted something that could really challenge me and I wasn't sure if I could do it or not. So, um, I set out to accomplish that as, as, as one of my tasks. So anyways, that, that kind of fed into the engineering background uh, or, um, you know, uh, my desire to become an engineer. So that's actually, I'm, I know you're going to continue, but so that's pretty fascinating to me that you knew as a teenager, young adult, that you weren't really being challenged in a lot of ways. Um, you didn't have to try very hard in school. Um, but then somehow you decided that maybe you did want a challenge in your life. Yes. Um, and you know, like my sister and I were the first ones to, to graduate in, in our family. And like I said, my mom kind of, kind of has a big family. So, uh, we just kind of had to figure it out as we went. We didn't really have much guidance. It was just always like, hey, you should go to college. Um, so, you know, just trying to figure it out on myself, I, I ended up uh, going down that path. 
but I don't know if it was just luck or I don't know exactly what led me there, but, um, that's incredible that you guys were the first to graduate and you kind of were trying to figure all that out on your own. That must have been probably difficult at at times. Yeah. Um, I mean, I took on a lot of student loans and, you know, I, I, I made some of those mistakes that I am going to work hard to try and help my kids um, so that they don't make those same kind of mistakes. Um, for instance, I had a $525 a month truck payment when I was like a sophomore and I was taking out student loans to like finance my lifestyle because it, it, there, it was probably a year or two um, before I really dove into college. So, I, you know, I made mistakes like that, which I, I just didn't know better. I had, you know, there was a lot of financial freedom and you had access to all the money as far as student loans go. So um, I, I made a bunch of mistakes, but uh, luckily I, I worked my way through that. Um, so as you got into it, as you got into your, um, in your coursework, and then as after graduating and getting into a couple of jobs, do you still find that you still have that same passion for figuring out how things work and asking a lot of questions? Or do you kind of look at the field of engineering differently now that you've been spent a lot of time in it? Uh, the other thing I've always really been interested in is uh, med- medical devices. Like I took EMT classes for a little while and I thought I was going to be an EMT and a firefighter. And so um, as I kind of finished my engineering career um, or my undergraduate, I had worked on a medical device project for my senior project. And then I applied at a bunch of different medical companies. I had actually worked at a local company called ICU Medical they make heart catheters, and I had an internship there um, my, my senior year. So I've always really um, also been interested in medical device. So now um, it's 11 years later. I'm still working in medical device, which, which is which is a, a great industry, and, and I really like it. But I am ready to work in the industry in a different capacity. So um, engineering is great, and I love it. But it's not uh, for me. So. How do you think you're going to kind of pivot? What are you looking at? Oh, well, you know, it's funny. So this is where maybe the the MBA comes in. Um, I, I think in 2009... I really considered uh, going and getting an MBA, but um, I didn't have the resources then. And the company that I worked for, um, I think their school reimbursement policy was the same in 2009 as it was in 1989. <laughs> like they, I think they gave like $2,000 a year. Wow. Yeah. You know, like tw- not much. Uh, yeah, no, not, not, not too much. So 20 years later, it's still the same. <laughs> um, but um, in, 2000, I, in 2009, I started working for a medical device startup. And they, um, five years later, we were purchased by a big company out of Memphis, Tennessee. And this big company, which I currently work for, 
um, they've, they've, uh, they've been good to me. Um, they had a, a pretty good reimbursement program where they would reimburse about 10,000 per year for school. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the cost of the BYU program, it's just, it's unbelievable how affordable it is, you know, for the, um, for the quality of education that, that we get. So, yeah, it um, is. that's it's incredible. Yeah. So that really, um, having that uh that financial backing from the company is is something that really um and then you know me being in a little better financial position with my family um allowed me to take that step so so what made you think you know of all the master's degrees you could get you know you knew you wanted to go back to school what was drawing you specifically to an MBA program you know, so I kind of mentioned in 2009, I wanted to do an MBA. Um, I wanted to get my MBA and I didn't realize it back then, but then, you know, going through the MBA program and listening to, you know, Trevor uh, pitch the BYU MBA program that I really was looking, like you said, to pivot or for a transition into another area, like, um, sitting at, um, a, a desk, you know, eight or nine or 10 hours a day, it just doesn't fit my personality. And, and I'd say like in engineering and depending on the company you work for, like if you work for a large company, like I work for where we're 750 million in sales, as opposed to say a small startup, you are just doing the same tasks um, all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, 10% of the job is you're, divine, you're um, designing and developing really cool stuff. And then 90% of the job is like equivalent to filling out insurance reimbursement paperwork. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, well, it doesn't sound exciting. I can tell you yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So 90% of it is not exciting. 10%. The 10% of it is the part that, you know, yeah. a lot of people live for. So Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of hoping that the additional degree would kind of help you get into a job with maybe some more variety or maybe more elements of it that are really interesting to you. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, so uh, back to what Trevor would say is Trevor's like, you know, there are three or four things you can change by getting an MBA. Like one's the pay, one's maybe the location, one's your responsibility, or, maybe, or you know, maybe you pivot to another industry. And I may not have those right, but he's like, you know, you can change a couple of those. It's really hard to change all of them, but, you know, you can change some of those. And so I knew that when, like, when someone looks at my resume, if they don't know me, it's like reading IRS tax code. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I think it's really hard to, without knowing someone to, you know, look at the resume and be like, oh, maybe he would be a good, you know, uh, people facing or client facing um you know, person or someone who, who's good in that role, you know, just kind of based on, on the resume. So I thought with the MBA, that kind of gives you a little more leverage. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're, I think that's a good, that's a good way of thinking about it. And I think I hope as an MBA graduate, I hope that as well for me. Um, so I want to, I want to get into kind of some of the things you learned and experienced while you're in the, in the BYU MBA program. But first I got to ask, why BYU? Why did you look into that program? Well, um, at, the t- at the time I was enrolling in programs, um, 
I had a three-year-old little girl, and um, my wife was pregnant. And although I had dreams of commuting to um, UCLA or some school like that um, every weekend for a couple years, that was just out of the question. Um, I, that was going to be really, really, really tough on uh, on the family. Yeah, it would be. And, and the cost of some, you know, say for instance UCLA. So this is 2015. I, I think it was t- 26 months, or maybe even two and a half years, maybe th- 30 months, and they wanted 120,000. So. It, it was actually my, you know, I, I was always kind of a, a diehard youth. Um, I feel bad admitting that because <laughs> we have a lot of diehard cougars in nope, our class. No need. You can totally <laughs> own up to that. Yeah. No problem. Um, so I, I never considered it, but um, uh, some neighbors of ours and who are also really good friends, um they kind of brought that up as an option and I started thinking about it and the way the program was set up. Um, cause I, I, I have to travel for work a little bit. It was, it just like the cost and the way the program was set up and the level of education that was, um, or the quality of the education. That is what really drove me, uh, to, to, to go there. And I, I can be more thankful or grateful or happy with that decision. So that's great. That's great. So I've got to ask though, you're not a member of the LDS faith. Did that, did you hesitate at all thinking about BYU? I mean, you do live in Utah, so I can understand the location and the quality of the program and everything, but how did the religious component impact your decision? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I come from a long line of, uh, a family who's 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 in the church. Um, although I didn't really grow up around it, so I didn't understand our family connection to it until I, w- I was quite a bit older. But um, yeah, the the first week I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. <laughs> I was like, if I can't have a sugar free rock star, I'm like, I'm not going to make it through <laughs> this program. And then. I, I, I saw Bridger and I met Bridger and then I was like, you know so what? Bridger's a member of another member of our class. Yeah, yeah, Bridger's a member of our class and he came in with uh, spits, the the cracked pepper spit seeds and a large Red Bull every day. <laughs> and I was like, All right. If uh, Bridger can uh, can do this then, you know, I I think I'll be okay. I think that was my biggest hesitation is I'm like, I'm really gonna need some caffeine to get through this program and if I don't have that, I don't know how I'll do. So the first week I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, I'm going to pay the extra 30000 and I'm just going to go to the U. <laughs> but <laughs> I stuck with it and I couldn't be, um, I, it couldn't have been a better decision for me and just the relationships that I've built with, uh, you know, my classmates. So yeah. there's a, there's a, a long list of them, but yeah. a little shout out to, Tyson, Brady, Corey, Bridger, of course, you know, mm-hmm. like even I, like, I just love the personality of the class The you know, even the classmates I didn't get to associate with a lot, but just having them in class was, it was just a fun experience. 
Yeah, no, I think that's it. I, I think you're heading on something that's really important about an MBA and an experience like this, that it's, it's, of course, it's what you're learning and it's your interaction with the professors, but if it might be more important, your interaction relationship with your classmates as well. Yeah, that, that is true. And, you know, one thing that they did really well that I didn't think I was going to like or it was tough is like my first team with like, um, was, was a great team. And um, Isabel was on my team and Roger and Dave Reese and Andrew Packer and Tyson Green. And it was just, it, it was a great team. Uh, so I, I really liked it. Um, so what they do is they, they split you up a lot so that you, um, you know, you work with other people mm-hmm. in the class by, you know, putting on these group projects and, uh, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know if it was feedback from other classes that made them decide to do that. Like I would have been opposed to it, but after going through it, it was great to be able to have, get those personal experiences and get to meet everyone, um, in that capacity or, you know, in, in that level. Cause like, the intensity might change or the projects might change. So you just, you got to work with a lot of different people in a lot of different situations. Yeah. I think that's a, I love that you're bringing this up. A lot of questions that I often get is, Oh, I could never do an MBA cause it's all group work. And during my undergrad, I just hated group work. Um, and maybe this is the same for you, but I just sort of felt like that the group work experience is totally uncomparable to anything I had in undergrad was a lot better yeah I, I I agree I you know I did some group work but I, I think in my job I I'm we work on a lot of cross-functional teams mm-hmm. and there's just, um, just I don't know if it's just a quality of student but like at this level people really bring bring a lot uh, to the team and to the group with their experiences and their knowledge or their perspective. So there's really a lot of resources to draw from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I seem to remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you were involved in class leadership right at the beginning or during that first year. Um, did you go into the program knowing that you wanted to look for ways to be more involved outside of just class and group work? Or how did you end up in that role? I just wanted to take advantage of anything the program had to offer. So I just thought, you know, this would be a great way to, um, for the class to get to know me a little bit or, you know, for me to get to know, uh, get to meet another group of people, you know, the other uh, people that were on the leadership team. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I soaked up the, the, you know, the entire opportunity yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can totally. There's a lot of value in everything that an MBA offers, not just what you're learning in class. Um, do you, you know, we learned a lot of things, read a lot of books, got a lot of experts and insights. Is there maybe like one or two sort of key things that you learned in the program that you've thought of? often since then or gone back to since then or used in your in your work or things like that that really kind of a standout doesn't have to be like the ultimate thing you learned but maybe some concept that you value more than you really expected to well i i would say there's two things one of the things that 
really surprised me is that my wife would say that I'm financially driven, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that going through the program, you, you know, there was, there was so much more than just, um, in business that we would learn. Um, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot, there was a lot of talk and a lot of topics and a lot of ex- exercises that were more introspective mm-hmm. for us on an individual level. So, um, f- for me, that aspect of it was, um, was really surprising to me. And that theme came up again and again, whether regardless of what professor it, it was, you know, that coming out of the program that I going in, I thought, Oh, this is great. I'm going to come out, switch industries or a career and then make more money. But that really, even though that's what I thought going in, coming out, it, it was more about being in a position to um, do the things that are really important to me, which is like spend time with my family and I make sure my family has everything that they need, but um, the money isn't important as is the family. So that was one thing that, that came out of it. The second thing was, was which I, I, I'd say the first year I – um, really took advantage of and kind of took to heart was the um, networking, you know, that uh, circle of reciprocity in, in, in the network. Mm-hmm. So it really is um, who you know, it's not what you know. So just trying to help other people or classmates if I ever get an opportunity and um, really just trying to get out and meet a lot of people. Uh huh. Yeah. So just growing that circle of influence. That yeah, yeah. that's huge. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Absolutely. Um, and you really, I think you're kind of hitting on another point that's important too. That a lot of your experience in MBA is what you put into it. You're the one who has to go out and make those connections, and they're right there, sitting next to you. But you have to make an effort to do that as well. Yeah, and you know, it's um. So one of the things that I would do is. Once a week, I would try and have lunch with someone, mm-hmm. and, and I'd be pretty strategic. But you know, like whether it's a classmate or someone that I wanted to get to know, or a friend of a friend, or even if it was like, I think this person and this person should meet because it could be mutually beneficial for them. Mm, that's cool. You know, yeah, yeah this that recipro- reciprocity there, mm-hmm. and of course. Um, I have to give a shout out to, to Colby, our finance Colby professor. Colby Wright, our finance professor, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, because Col- like, Colby started a chain reaction of networking. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for me. Tell so, me about that. Uh, Colby introduced me. Um, well, Professor Jim Brow. I, I have to give a shout out to Professor Jim Brow as well, entrepreneurial finance. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had a chance to take no, it. No, I didn't take that class. Um, he had someone come in from Sorensen, um, Sorensen Capital. They're a pri- uh, private equity firm or a VC firm. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, like being in the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial finance class, I was like venture capital or private equity. I'm like, I know that's what I was meant to do now. And so uh, anyways, Colby introduced me to someone at um, Sorensen, which he happened to know through uh, like their families had cabins on a lake in Montana by each other. Wow. Not through actual finance. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how they. That's how they met. Even though they are in industries that are, uh, you know, pretty closely tied or um, in functional areas. And then through um, meeting with uh, his contact there, it's just like I've continued to go down the line, and um, there have been a lot of opportunities, and I've got to meet a, a lot of people, and it's it's just been it's been a really fun and exciting journey that I'm right in the middle of right now. So that's awesome. That's really great. It's fun to see how one little step at the beginning ripples out and gets you into a place that you maybe didn't expect to be, but are happy to be there. Yeah, yeah. Here we are, like seven months later, and. Um, 10, pe- 10 people down the line mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, it's, it's still, it's still, it's still, still going. So I'm, I'm really excited to see, um, what happens or, um, what, what comes from this. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of at this point, a little bit of anyone's guess, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. And that's, you know, just networking with our professor and someone that came in on our class and, you know, um, so yeah, you just never, you just never know. So yeah, exactly. And I think that's sort of the, the key to an MBA is that you don't, you kind of go into it, the more you go into it with an open mind about, you know, taking advantage of opportunities, being involved in leadership, networking with people and professors that it's going to get, you may not know exactly where it's going to get you, but you know, it's going to get you somewhere. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think if you can, if you're open to those possibilities, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity there if you're willing to be, you know, open to it. Yeah, exactly. That's great. I love that. I love that that's your view and your perspective of it. Yeah. So the name of our podcast, our show is called Grades Don't Matter. Um, and you'll probably remember this. That comes from the very wor- first week of school. We were in a um, accounting class. We're all feeling a little bit underwater and it's over our heads and everything. Um, her professor, Dr. Stice, told us, I've seen this before. I know how this ends and your grades don't matter. What matters is the learning. So that was about two and a half years ago or so for us. What do you think about that now? You know, like we've gone through the program. We do know that we did finish it. We were able to make it through and the grades didn't matter. But how do you look at how do you look at that statement now that grades don't matter and what matters is the learning and how do you still apply that to whatever you're doing in your life now? Oh, well, that's um, hey, that's a great question. I I think you know one of the things you touched on is that like the the grades don't matter the relationships and sort of the skill set that you build. Um, you know, if you continue to cultivate those, um, or wherever you put efforts, those will really grow. And those are, um, what are important. Um, you may not remember all the financial statements or, uh, how to do, um, discounted cash flow analysis, Mm -hmm. 
but you know you'll remember your professors and your classmates and, and the people that you worked with uh, to get through that process and, and, and to learn you know to learn together and so I think that um, yeah what what he said makes what makes perfect sense you know it's it's about the process and learning about yourself yourself and then um, you know just giving back to your classmates, your network, and in your community. Well, Lewis, thank you so much for talking with us today. It's been such a pleasure to catch up with you a little bit. Yes, thank you, Emily. And I, I, I feel, I don't know if, like, this was said or not, but, you know, it's, it, like, I feel like it should be said that you, I um, have been waiting, like, strategically to make whatever my next move will be, but that you right in the middle of the program, which I think some people do, um, took a new opportunity. And so uh, kudos to you because it seems like you um, took the um, opportunity when it came and you put the skills that you had or had learned in a short amount of time um, into play. And so. Well, thank you. That's nice of you to say. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's awesome. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you so much. Today we've been sharing experiences with Louis Monaco, a senior product development engineer and a graduate of the 2017 Executive MBA class at BYU, talking about how he made it to BYU, what he learned from that experience in the MBA program, and where he's looking to go next. This is Grace Don't Matter, a show about how two years of hard work and what it means for the rest of our lives. I'm Emily Hallwell. Thanks for listening.